0: G-I-R-L-S-C-A-M-P, it's Girls' Camp. Hello and welcome to Girls' Camp. Welcome back. If you've been here before and if you're new here, welcome. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you stay a while. Today's episode I'm super excited for. I am always very excited, but I'm particularly excited to share this conversation that I had with Maddie Murphy of The Bad Broadcast. Many of you probably know Maddie, but she has a very successful podcast that she's been doing for a few years now, and she left the church in course of building her podcast and her platform, and she really shares so candidly about what that whole experience was like, why she left the church, how and when, all the juicy details you want to know, but much more importantly, she just has such good advice and perspective, and I left the conversation feeling really inspired and motivated, and I know that you will as well, and I can't wait to share the conversation with you. Before we dive right into that, I do mention in course of the conversation with Maddie that I got my first mean review, dun, dun, dun. Honestly, it's... It was expected. I knew that some people would be upset by the podcast, but it appears some defenders of the Mormon faith have stumbled across the podcast and left a handful of one-star ratings, and one person left a paragraph review. That is actually super fascinating. I want to read the review and kind of dig into it with you all in the future because it's just a really interesting case study for this like defense mechanism that kicks in for some people anyhow there's a lot to talk about there but the reason i bring this up is because i would just hate for those defensive reviews and ratings to bring down the findability factor of this podcast because this content is just not for those people anyway and i want it to find the people that it's for so i say all this to make my case for you to leave a rating and review if you feel so obliged share on Instagram. Whatever you want to do, I would be so appreciative. And if you've done that already, thank you so much. Enough of that. No more review mongering from me. Without further ado, here's the conversation with Maddie. Enjoy. Hello, Maddie. Hi.
1: I'm so thrilled you're here. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I I should have told you this before we started recording, but you were one of my dream guests as i was concepting the podcast i'm serious i'm like wow this happened sooner than i thought so i'm I'm excited
1: i well first of all i always want to make time for people like for people because that's what people do for me totally like when i ask people to come on my podcast like i remember the very first like bigger interview that i had was kate kennedy from be there in five i don't Uh know if you follow uh her yeah and she said the same thing. She was like, I always make time for podcasts because people make time for me. So why would I not like want to go on podcasts? So, so I'm, nice. I'm not, I'm not trying to play hard to get very, This is what I love to do. Very nice. Yes. Very community minded of you. I'm um, for the girls. And we're for the gals. S- yes, for the gals. <laughs> also, yeah.
0: I already know what I'm going to name this episode. Tell me. And I have to shout out Jedediah Tanell, the next door neighbor we were just talking about. Shout. Funny for a girl. <gasps> camp in parentheses that is so good it's good huh that is so good i know it's clever. i know i feel
1: kind of betrayed because heather gay took bad mormon mm. and i was like that would have been a good name for that like my, been a my good name. i mean if i ever were to do an episode about my facial, yeah i'm like i shouldn't name that i should have heather on for yeah. it yeah oh my gosh we'll yeah her. that would have been good <laughs> so many so much uh potential in the bad broadcast totally name i know i'm like that's kind of why i chose it because i was like bad i can like put anything in place of bad it's fun so it's, it's really did. fun
0: yeah Okay, we're going to just jump on into it. Let's do. We're talking about your faith journey today. Yes. So, I would love if you could start for us, giving us some context. Mm-hmm. I like to call it the beginning of the end, but I would love to know when you feel like your faith
1: transition started. Hmm. So, I would say, like, in my early 20s, from ages like 22 to 23. 20- Six. i would I would say I was like progressive Mormon. Mm-hmm. Like I was very like, you know, I had really like open, honest conversations about it. I was very like pro LGBTQ plus, like I had, I had like my issues with the church, totally. like that. I think a lot of progressive Mormons have, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I drank coffee. I didn't think, you know, smoking weed was bad. I wasn't doing it at the time, but I like, didn't think it was an issue. You know, I I was aware of like, you know, problems with bishops interviews and things like that. So I, I felt like I was like, kind of, I was pretty outspoken, like with my family and friends, like I was very much, I was very much a a progressive Mormon, yeah. progmo. Yeah, 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 yeah. as the as they say. As they say. Um and then I I read the CES letter, uh probably in 20 It was probably early 2020. Okay. It was probably like like January, February of 2020. Okay. And I remember I was like I don't love that. Mm -hmm. Like that makes me feel weird. I like skimmed it because I was very much trying not to like let it sink in because I knew it was going to upset me. I feel yeah. And I remember like feeling that way, but just being like, it's fine. It's, it's probably just some issues that I don't understand. And I'm sure there's an answer for it. You know, this like rationale that we give ourselves. Like I'm sure I just don't understand the history of it. And I'm sure that there's more context that I don't know. And so I just kind of let it be. And then in, I would say like the summer of 2021 was when I, maybe even a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit earlier in the year. So almost a full year later, I started to like, kind of revisit these feelings. And I was like, you know, we weren't going to church. Like I never, Mm. like, I don't think I have been to a full three hours or I guess two hours now, but I don't think I've been to a full like block of church since high school. Yeah, yeah, Like I just wasn't, I don't know. Like I identified so strongly with being Mormon, but I wasn't really participating in it. Interesting. Like I'd, I'd wear my garments, you know, I, I did things like that, but I was, I was really, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't fully participate in it. And then, Yeah. Kind of the, I would say like maybe April of, of 2021 is when I really started to revisit those feelings. And that was when it really started. I started then, this is when I, I mean, I, and she wouldn't mind me saying this, but this is when Lucy and I became friends. Okay, Lucy had left the church, um, maybe like a year and a half earlier. Mm -hmm. And she was just very, she was very gentle with it. You know, like she, I was like, Hey, I, I feel weird about these things. I feel like I'm over explaining everything i believe like i feel like i'm like oh i'm mormon but like i don't i really this is you know here's all the caveats. yes here's all the things so like i i don't know it just wasn't it was kind of the time where it wasn't like sitting with me very well Mm -hmm. and i felt myself just not not gelling with with it and so lucy was very much like hey when you're ready why don't you um you know, look up some stuff. Why don't you listen to this one episode of Mormon stories? It's not anti-Mormon. Uh-huh, it's, uh-huh. it's kind of a starter pack. Like, why don't you like, you know, she and sounds she sounds like a good post-Mormon. She mentor was a great, <laughs> she was like the post-Mormon. Mentor. Yeah, like, she was amazing. But, um, I remember I, I listened to a podcast about the Nexium cult.
0: Oh yeah. Interesting. And
1: it's this podcast called time suck that I love. And he's talking about the Nexium cult and he, he specifically talked about something called the backfire effect, which is, when, I mean, it's also called, uh, it's like confirmation bias, I think is, you know, what most people call it. But um, he talks about basically how when presented with factual evidence of something, a lot of times people in cults or high demand religions, it will actually reaffirm their belief rather than prove them wrong. Yeah. And then he, I really love this, this guy who does this, Dan Cummins, he's a comedian, but he, he talks about how we are all so scared of being wrong for so many reasons, sunk cost effect, you know, family judgment, all of these things. Like we're so scared of being wrong, but like, is that really how we want to live? Like, do we really want to live a life where like, we're so afraid of being wrong that we reject facts. Yeah. Like that's the most insane. I mean, I shouldn't say insane, but you know, it's just, it's not a happy way to live. Totally.
0: Just protecting our thing because we're afraid of it.
1: Yes. And just being not right. be, not existing in reality. Yeah. Just, you know, when here are the facts and then me saying, but yeah. actually I'm going to go harder on this thing that I'm not even sure about.
0: Yep. 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 So when
1: he said that, I was like, okay, I think I need to really start listening to this stuff. And so that's when I started, that's when I entered my Mormon stories era. Uh, it was like that summer, it was like summer of 2021. I remember specifically when I found out that there were multiple accounts of the first vision, that was when I was like, I don't think I believe that this happened. Mm. Like, I, I don't think I believe, but maybe it's still okay for me to stay. Maybe it's still okay for me to participate in the, in the community of it and all of that. Totally. And then April, or sorry, August of 2021 was, uh, the musket fire talk. That was my shelf breaker. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. my cultural shelf breaker. So the doctrinal shelf breaker was first vision stuff. Cultural was the musket fire stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The musket fire stuff was really, really bad. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, I can't, you know, I can't, have kids and and do yep. this I don't know how I would explain it I don't know how I would I, I don't know and and other people have chosen to do differently you know totally. I've chosen to hear that and stay and they have their their way I never like whenever I and it's why I don't talk about it on my podcast is because I never want it to come across like I think I know better yeah same. but for me that was the moment where I was like I personally can't go forward with absolutely. that absolutely
0: yeah. you didn't feel that it aligned with, it sounds like your values with who you had maybe become, who maybe you even were for a while before that. Exactly. Yeah. I can absolutely relate. I always think it's interesting. It seems like a lot of people have this two part situation, the cultural Mm -hmm. and the doctrinal, which is often more steeped in history. Totally. But those cultural elements, I, I feel like I relate with you are the things that it kind of got to the point for me where I didn't want to continue having to justify it. And now even later when those things continue to happen, it's such a relief to not yeah. have to convince yourself totally. that and it's it, right.
1: It's funny that you say relief because I remember talking to Lucy about this because I think Lucy, Lucy's experience of leaving the church, and I don't want to speak for her, but uh, it was just a much it, – it wasn't as emotional. Like she wasn't – like mm-hmm. I felt – I was, there was probably three weeks after that where I was in a sheer panic all Mm. the time. I, I just was like, what is my life going to be? Yeah. What has my life been like? What am I, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like my, I mean, it's just that shattering of my whole identity. Absolutely. Where I was like. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. How am I going to tell everyone? How am I going to live my life? What's going to happen to my friendships, my family, my ki- my future kids? Like, what am I going to do? Uh-huh. So I I felt this huge panic. And I mean, I had people around me that were super supportive, but still that internal, like, just being like, I don't even know, are we going to be around after we die? Yeah, I don't know. Totally. Mormonism does that. You know, it gives you all the answers. It's to quite
0: prescriptive. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anything that you're wondering. And I remember like having a really like kind of dark time then being like, why am I even around like what mm. are we even doing do I have no purpose do I have totally. no so that was really that was really scary that after is that. really
0: scary yeah. how do you feel like did that just change over time or what yeah shifted? I mean
1: I I realized that the things that I believed for real we're not exclusive to mormonism like i i know people say this all the time but you can take the good parts with you you yeah. can take the belief that families are together forever that you know we see our loved ones after we die that there was something before and something after and i just realized that like oh i can still believe in that i don't have to have a structure around it telling me that i can believe absolutely. this now. I didn't have to do away with all of it. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? So yeah,
0: that's really nice. I think that is a really comforting factor, I think for me as well. And I know some people tend to, yeah, it almost feels opposite for them. I think it's difficult for them to bring any of that into their new kind of personhood outside totally. of Mormonism. But I, I agree with you. For me personally, it's actually felt really nice, not only to take the good stuff, but to not have to prove any of that, like not have to have all the formulas and prescriptions, but just to say, yeah, I think that that's probably the case or that feels right to me just because.
1: Well, I think that that's what kept me holding on to Mormonism for so long because Mm -hmm. I was like, I love this part of it it has to be true Mm -hmm. because this resonates with me, especially like afterlife stuff and family stuff and community and, you know, loving one another and all that stuff like that really, I'm like, so it has to be true. And then when I realized I was like, Oh, this exists outside of it. I don't have to, I don't have to, conform to all of these other things I can just take that with me
0: absolutely so it
1: was def- but it was definitely a process I mean it wasn't like one day I was like oh I can believe in that I had to really sit with it and be like do I really believe that because mm-hmm. if I don't believe in this in any of it like I need to deal with this totally but like, if I do then I need to yeah, anyway so it was for sure a process yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah I feel like there's kind of a you almost have to deconstruct in order to reconstruct totally. those beliefs mm-hmm. and get kind of to a more clean slate mm-hmm. and then do what you said which is what does actually sit right with me and yeah. feel right to me and it's scary, but can also be exciting yeah. and nice yeah. in a way. And as well. a lot of it,
1: it's funny people are like, how do you, how do you like, you know, what do you believe now? What do you, and I'm always like, I was watching I always say like soul the good place like Mm -hmm. all of these things that kind of deal with like existentialism I believe in that I believe that when we die we get to be happy and we get to learn to be better I believe in that and I I'm grateful for the foundation that I had in that yeah and that I now get to continue in that with my own stuff so you know what I mean yeah I love that soul is so good I need to watch that again oh my gosh it it like rocked me for days so
0: good it's so good I know isn't that sweet I feel like there's this stage too I mean maybe it's Will be the rest of our lives. But speaking about children, and you mm-hmm. were talking about, you know, what am I going to teach my kids? Anytime I read a children's book or watch a Pixar movie, yeah. I'm like, it's all right like, here. They're good. They've <laughs> yeah, already like, they've they've covered this it. This is I know. right. It's like, true.
1: I'm like, what religiously traumatized people work at Pixar absolutely. that took a bunch of shrooms and wrote pi- or know. and wrote Soul?
0: <laughs> seriously, <laughs> and like, they had to. Have. Seriously, it's yeah. so good. Okay, I wanted to ask you. You touched on this a little bit earlier, but you were when did you start
1: your podcast so i started my podcast june of 2020 before i had even considered okay. leaving the church yeah so
0: i would love to hear more about that i'm yeah. always fascinated by going through a faith transition yeah. publicly especially when i can imagine i'm not sure your whole demographics but i can imagine you have listeners who yeah. are mormon yeah and i would love to hear if that added any pressure to you, just what that felt like and how you decided ultimately what to share and when to share about your faith.
1: Yeah. So when I started the podcast, I was in that progressive space. And I actually, I remember thinking, I want my podcast to be to be welcoming and I want people to feel comfortable here and I don't want to be exclusive. It was also like a really high, um, it was at a very tense time. It was like mm. June twenty twenty. Like yeah, wow. It was tense politically,
0: you know? very tense. Yes, yeah.
1: politically, everything was. We're in the middle of COVID. Everything was happening, and I remember thinking like I need to make it really well known that like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be open to all. I'm not even gonna say if I'm Mormon or not. I'm not gonna say if I'm you know liberal or conservative. I'm not even gonna say anything. And mm-hmm. even in my old episodes, I I say that like I'm not gonna put myself in a box. I hope you don't. I felt like I. I felt like I knew where I was headed like even before I said it. Interesting. Like I yeah. so I I didn't talk about the church at all. Like I kept it very I mean even in story submissions that I read like I don't well I mean I maybe I I mean I'm sure I've let it slip in every now and then. I'll take out Mormon specific things. So like mm. you know if people are like oh on my mission my companion. I always say like when traveling with a friend or yes. you know because I I didn't want it to feel I wanted people to listen to it from wherever yeah. they were. Yeah, I I had this moment though when I left or when like my shelf broke I guess when I was like I need to do a whole podcast like I have Mm -hmm. to tell everybody I felt this deep responsibility I felt like I was lying to people if they didn't know yeah like I felt like you know it took me a while to like tell my parents and to like talk about it openly and I, I I was like I need to tell everybody and it's funny. Like the, the further I get into this career and I think just the older I get, I like realize the preciousness of, of privacy in those Mm, times. Yeah, And I'm so glad. And, and again, I mean, I'm going to just shout out Lucy this whole episode because she was like, maybe wait, Mm. like maybe you're a little raw right now. Maybe like now is not the time because I was, I mean, I was sobbing every day. I was like, I need to tell everybody and everyone's going to hate me and I'm going to lose my job. Yeah, you know, I have to come clean. And that concept right there is so Mormon, is yeah. so like, oh, oh I need true. to confess. I need to, true. I'm lying if I don't tell the whole true. truth. I'm, you know, and so now I've learned, it's okay if I go, th- I mean, and I felt this way with my divorce. It's okay if I take some time and then confront it when I'm ready. So literally four, or five weeks ago was the first time I had ever said on the podcast that I left the church. Yeah. Like that was the, the very first time. And I had talked about it before, kind of vaguely, like I had said, hey, if you're going through a faith transition, I get it. I've been there. It's hard. Everybody probably listening knew that I had left the church and was really nobody like pressed me on it people would ask all the time just like hey share your thoughts if you want to Mm. but I still haven't really dug into it and that's not for any other reason except I just I just like to do it in my own space in my own time you know what I mean so doing this here like with you like this feels right and comfortable and like I like sharing things like this and it's, it's nice when it's just my choice and not pressured by like, absolutely. Oh, you have to tell everybody. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I think good on you. Good on Lucy. I talked with Chelsea Homer. Do you know Chelsea yeah, Homer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking a lot about how she was almost forced to share publicly because yes. of how her whole situation panned out. And I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's so tender. It's so raw. Even being where I'm at, where I feel like I waited a really long time And I also created a space just to talk about this. So I kind of have a different dynamic because if people come into the space, I'm like, I've warned you.
1: Yeah, (laughs) This is what we're talking (laughs) about. You know, we see the title. Which is nice because
0: I feel like you're navigating maybe that's just not what people want to hear. You know, there's a different, there's a much different dynamic there. Yeah. And
1: it is, it is totally about the space. Like that's, that's not like the topic of my podcast. And I know people are interested and they want to know. And I try to, you know, let people in where I'm comfortable. But like when I come into a space like this, like I know that that's what I'm ready to do. And like, I choose to do that. And yeah, I mean, I've felt for Chels a lot because it's like, I mean, having that story and then going through it publicly and all of these things, like it's tough. And like, I, I'm glad that I. I mean, looking back, I'm I'm happy that I did. It. I'm sure it would have been fine had I done a whole episode on it. Had I been really public about it, I'm sure it would have been. But like looking back, I'm like, it's always probably a good idea for us to just sit with things for a second, decide later on. I hope that doesn't sound like I like I think Chelsea shouldn't have. No, because no, 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 I think no. it was great. I know. When she did. Ex- yeah, I know yeah. exactly
0: what you mean. It was interesting when you were talking about that need to share. Yeah, I think that's such an insightful comment about feeling that we owe everyone that. Like Mm -hmm. we owe this complete transparency totally in a way that doesn't always serve us or it maybe even serve the situation. And I was thinking about the difference between I'm curious your thoughts on this as someone with a public platform, Mm -hmm. the difference between authenticity versus what you were speaking to, like oversharing or feeling like forced to put all your cards on the table. I feel like people sometimes get really expectant of influencers or anyone with a platform like, well, you're sharing this part of your life. So you owe us everything. Oh my gosh. That
1: has been like the story of my life this last year. like, Well, you chose to do this. And I always want to be like, when like (laughs) when did show me the contract show me the contract (laughs) and i always want to be like i i didn't opt in to sharing my the intimate details of my life yeah the really painful parts of my life and yeah i've i've learned that especially this last year that there is a difference between being authentic and being completely self-sacrificing because like the parts i share about myself are real. They're completely real. Yeah. But then the parts that I keep private, it's not a lie for me to have a private life. You know what I mean? I'm not, I mean, yeah, like even when I decide to share things, I always make sure I share them in like total honesty and keeping the parts that are either painful or that I'm not ready to share or things like that. Everybody deserves to protect themselves however they want to. Yeah. And if that's not telling things to people, if that's you know, however that looks, everybody deserves that. Nobody gets to forfeit that. Yeah. Like no matter what, what the size of the platform is, like nobody deserves to have their, you know, every intimate detail of their life, like ripped from them. Absolutely. It's like, it's to me, it's like barbaric to ask yeah. people to do that. You know? Yeah.
0: It's so bizarre that that really seems like the expectation yeah. from mm-hmm. people. I mean, and I'm just witnessing this as, you know, an observer yeah. of watching Influencers especially, and I'm curious your thoughts on this as well. There's such a dynamic happening right now where I feel like so many comments I see on these maybe more progressive Mormon influencers. Mm -hmm. A lot of influencers are Mormon. Yeah, yeah. At least the ones obviously in my sphere as well that I'm seeing. But just people so obsessed with the status of people's faith. Yeah. Are you Mormon? Are you Mormon? Are they still going to church? Are they wearing their garments? Yeah. They said this about the church. I think that's such an interesting reflection of church culture, this yeah. kind of intense need to know where everyone's
1: at totally. all the time. Totally. And I think that, well, first of all, any, I mean, I think this is a, a blanket statement. Anything critical that you say about somebody you've never met, it's 100% a reflection of you. Mm. Like any comment that you make, good, bad, whatever it is, like if you're commenting on a straight, like I've learned that being on the internet this long, I can't even, I almost can't even read things positive or negative because they're they're such a reflection of the person who's doing it. Totally. And everybody, especially in the Mormon space, I think everybody is looking for validation. I think everybody is looking at, and I think this goes on the whole spectrum active to ex Mormon like everybody wants to feel validated in their choice right so we look for external validation you know we want to know if this influencer left because then we feel good about our decision to leave or we want to know about if are they staying because then I can stay and you're right it is really Mormon to kind of like side eye and look and see like well you know so and so I I mean, it's like going back to like high school, like, well, they did this with a boy and their bishop only gave them this one. And it's like, we're always kind of looking to each other to validate our own experiences. And, So it's like when I see people commenting that or I see people, yeah, on TikTok be like, well, I saw her. She wasn't wearing her garments. Okay. That's you. What are you dealing with with your garments?
0: Exactly.
1: You want to know that you're making the right decision. You want to know it's okay to take them off. Like, because there's no other reason why you would care if somebody else was wearing their garments. Exactly. Unless you were having some sort of internal struggle with yours. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. And I did that myself when I was in that same stage. I remember obsessively looking at not even influencers, just people I knew being like, is she not wearing her garments? Oh my
1: gosh. And yes. it's just because
0: I hated my garments and yeah. I didn't want to be wearing them. And that's yeah. why I cared. And I was projecting because I felt like I'm forcing myself to do this because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And then seeing somebody else not doing it, but still going to church or whatever felt very triggering to me because yeah. I felt like, well, that's not fair. But in totally. reality, I could have just done Taking the same them off. thing. Yeah, no, so totally. It's like we're, we're all
1: <laughs> wanting somebody to tell us. I, I mean, that's the hardest time to make a decision is when you know that, other people are going to be disappointed with mm-hmm. it, you know, and like, that's, that's like the whole, the whole thing with leaving the church. If you knew that nobody was going to be disappointed and nobody was going to have any negative feedback, what would you do? Because that's what you should do. If, mm-hmm. if the only thing you're worried about is the feedback from people, that's something else that you need to deal with. Because I remember thinking that like, if I had no, nobody around, if nobody, Told me good job if nobody was mad at me if nobody if there was no feedback positive or negative what decision would I make yeah and that's when I was like I know I would leave I know I would leave and like that's that's when I knew that I was only staying for someone Uh, else I don't even know yeah other people the the optics of it the the things people might say that was why I was staying yeah you know oh
0: that's such a good question to connect with yourself I was talking with some friends the other day kind of on the flip side of that. And we were talking about if you could do one thing and you knew you wouldn't fail at it, what would you choose to do? And it's a similar question because so often the choices we make in life inevitably are affected by how is this going to be perceived? What's the fallout going to be? What's the reward going to be? Mm -hmm. And particularly as well you know in this era when everything is online where we're getting super constant feedback yeah. i mean podcasting people are just reviewing you like essentially oh, yeah. saying like i don't like this person oh yeah people <laughs> are like just the basically feedback you get.
1: giving me reviews of like my personality <laughs> exactly like i'm like oh that's what's going okay exactly cool. so you're just like let me know you don't like me. exactly right, it's
0: such a personality driven thing to do that it's kind of a crazy thing to do anything because yeah. you just know regardless of what you do someone's going to hate it. Someone's going to love it. Most people are going to fall somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. But I love that question you asked, because it gets really noisy, especially yeah. with church stuff. Mm-hmm. And to be able to really check in on just yourself is a hard thing to do. But yeah. I think it will usually lead you. Well, and you I wanna mean, go.
1: it's it's the ultimate disappointment, right? Like, we're all taught that leaving the church is the ultimate it's like how you let everyone in your life down. Mm. Like that's how you can really fail. Mm. Like that's how you can really be a disappointment if you choose to leave the church. And it's, it's, we're told that for a really long time and it's, it's scary and it works, you know, it works. It makes us feel bad to leave. It's there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason they do that. You know, there's a reason we're told that it's the ultimate disappointment. And, yeah, you, I, I remember it's actually the, my, the girl who gives me facials, my esthetician. I remember she told me, she was like, isn't there so much freedom in disappointing people? Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, but don't say that because I know I will feel free and I know I will feel better. But like I have, I feel like I have like all these people that are looking to me to be a yep. certain way. And the thing is, is that the people, and this has probably been said a million times with the people who really love you, the people who love you at your core they don't give a shit. They don't care if you're going to church. Like I was so scared to tell my mom. I was mm. so, I was sick. I was sick about it for days. And I was like, I don't know what she's going to do. And I remember I went over there. I like brought untamed because I had just read untamed. Oh, and untamed. I was like, I was like, Essential see like post-Mormon. Totally. <laughs> and I'm like, see this, I read this and you know, God and all of these things. Mm. And she was like, yeah, She's like, you can go. Like, it's fine. Amazing. She's like, it's not going to change anything. It's not. She literally said, it's not a big deal. And I remember I got mad at her. I was like, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. This is a big deal to me. This. And she's like, well, no. She's like, I'm not saying it's not a big deal, like, for you to go through it. Mm. She's like, but it's not a big deal Mm. here between you and I. Like, this is not a thing that determines if I love you or not. And I remember being like, oh. I had no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it wasn't, it you know, felt
0: like maybe it was. Yeah. And yeah.
1: I mean, and my relationships have only gotten better. I mean, and I, the thing is that I used to hear people say that like on Mormon stories and I would be like, get out. Yeah, like how? you're such a liar. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, there's no way because if I leave the church and I tell people I'm going to lose all my friends, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my parents out like all of these things. And then you do it and you realize and you're like, oh, the people who love me love me more now because mm-hmm. I get to be more myself. Absolutely. You know.
0: Yeah. Showing up as yourself is is worth it. Yeah. Right. Regardless, yeah. like you're saying. And what a beautiful response from your mom. I know. That's amazing. I know
1: my I, I have. So I'm the youngest of eight and I have three older brothers who had left. Um, and then I have I have one brother who special needs who lives with my parents. And then I have three brothers who are active. So mm. we're kind of like split right down the middle. Mm. And I feel like my family has been very respectful of one another. Like everybody knows where each other is. You know, I have brothers who are very active, very involved, you know, have callings, all these things. And then I have brothers who left, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And no, I've, I've never had the experience of like, you know, brothers fighting about it or people Mm. trying to debate or change each other's minds. And that being modeled for me and knowing that wherever I fell, I was going to have a family behind me who was cool with whatever I chose. But even having that, I mean, you tell yourself like people aren't gonna like me, you know, things like that. And the the other part is that a lot of people don't have families like that totally. that are, are loving and accepting of them. And it just I mean the irony of it is wild to me. Yeah, you know, the irony I know, of I know. of of all of it, but mostly of you know, not loving or accepting people as they are.
0: Yep. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> it's I up. know with a family centric, such a family centric Doctrine and culture, yeah, it really is one of the things that is really difficult to reconcile. Totally. That it can be such a wedge, and I appreciate you sharing that what it was like for your family because mm-hmm. I do feel like one of the things I still kind of wrestle with, and I wrestle with doing this podcast. I like hesitate to even say this, but there's the church, and then there's like in this example, family culture, yeah. right, and. I never want to say, oh, well, that's just your family culture anyway, because I think the church oftentimes fuels certain dynamics that are maybe unhealthy, even to the point of toxic. But then there's also families that I I don't know if it's in spite of what the church shares or if they're better at really internalizing like the core messaging around love each other and be there for each other. But it's kind of an interesting thing to parse out because I feel – like my family has handled it really, really well. Even me talking about it publicly, they've handled incredibly well. And then there's some families that just maybe take some of what the church says more literally. Yeah. And they really struggle to yeah. manage. Well, it's
1: all it's all fear based, right? Like anytime somebody is, you know, and, and I see this with people that I know. I see it on you know, in ex-Mormon circles, you know, their parents tell them that they're not welcome there or they don't love them as much or they, and it's all, all of that is based in their parents' fear, you know, because they've been fed all of this fear mongering, essentially, you know, that it's on, that it reflects their parenting. If their kids leave the church, that it affects their eternal salvation, that it affects whether or not they can see their kids. Like that's scary. Really that is scary. so scary. To really genuinely believe that you won't see your kids after you die. That works. Yeah. Like that fear works. Yeah. really fear and shame are really powerful. Yeah. And that's why high demand religions use them so much because it's it works. Yeah. Like it's a bummer, but it works. So whenever parents do that, I mean it's it's hard to even comfort because their fear is so rooted or it's so deep it's like so deep in their psyche that they're afraid of of losing their kids or all you know whatever it might be whatever they might be afraid of but it's it's so sad because there's I mean, to, I mean, there's no reason to be afraid. First of all, but also, that's not we we got so far away from the point. Exactly. You know, like the point was that you love your kids and that you love your family and all these things, and like now we we looped way around. We're at the, like the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And it's just it's interesting how that happens. Yes,
0: and it validates some pretty poor behavior. Yeah. On behalf of certain family members, when they then turn that shame and that fear onto the person who's left who already feels the shame and guilt and fear and that's being projected tenfold onto them and it really is unfortunate my friend Jacqueline she said something one time she said why are we so worried about all getting to the celestial kingdom together what we have guaranteed is right now. Mm -hmm. And why aren't we more worried about offering a seat at the table right now today? I think that's really profound because this is guaranteed, right? And we're here right now. And to isolate someone or to edge someone out because of a difference in faith, because you think ultimately that will end up getting them to the ultimate
1: Yeah, it's a very backwards way of thinking about it. It is. is. Well, and I just, I mean, just that whole concept of of edging someone out because they believe differently. When I left the church, I mean, I feel like I'm coming out of my, I I shouldn't say coming out. I feel like I'm out of my anger. Mm. And I was in there for probably probably a little over a year like where I was like I feel I was highly triggered like I was really I was either triggered or depressed by like church things like I remember when I I was at my mom's I watched conference I was so sad like I remember texting Lucy and being like I miss when I believe this like I miss when I was really struggling and I could watch conference and I felt better Mm -hmm. and like I was really struggling at the time this was like October conference like just barely and I remember being like I wish this was comforting to me because it used to bring me so much comfort and I'm so sad that it doesn't anymore. Or I would, you know, consume ex-Mormon content and get really triggered and I would get really mad. So I feel like I sat in that and I feel like I gave myself all the time that I needed. I didn't try and push myself out of it, but the, the concept of like, not like once I came out of that, that phase and I feel like I'm, I like this new year, like in the new year, I feel like I've kind of become a lot different of a person where I'm like, I don't want to miss out on any person. And like, I don't want to say like, I'm not going to listen to somebody because they believe this or they don't believe this or, and it's really helped me make peace with a lot of things, especially my Mormonism. And I just think when people are unwilling to, Like even hear the other side, or even love somebody who believes something different. I just think like we miss out on so much of life when we do that. You know what I mean? And it's like and and that has helped me really like make a lot of peace with just all of my experiences in life, but specifically Mormonism. Like I just I've kind of left that space and been. I just feel like I've I've been able to be more open to all different types of people and it that. doesn't, it doesn't feel as triggering as it did. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah,
0: I love that. I feel like in the post Mormon space, one of the things that is difficult to navigate, there's obviously so many different people who have left the church and there's a lot of different, I guess, speaking of the post Mormon space, as in people who talk publicly about post Mormonism or social media accounts, there's very different tones and attitudes. And I personally think They are all valid and different people connect differently to them. But I really love what you said, because I feel like that's what I'm trying to foster here in this space is like, okay, a lot of us have gone through this. I think a lot of us don't want our whole life and identity to now be, I'm a post-Mormon and I'm super mad about it, Totally, even though that's true and that's part of it. Yeah, But I think there's a lot of value in having a space where it's like, this is a piece of us. Mm -hmm. It's not all of us we have our anger sometimes we have maybe even fondness towards our mormon upbringing sometimes definitely i i guess sometimes i was sensing there wasn't spaces that i felt super connected to where it felt like a well rounded
1: totally no space. and that's that's why i mean i was going to say that when when i got here that i i love what you're doing because this doesn't exist anywhere Thanks. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like maybe maybe online in certain spaces but it's like i mean post mormons really have mormon stories like and that's really it and mm. i couldn't consume as much as i was you know yes. what i mean like yes it was a lot for me yes. It was like it's like drinking from a fire hose yeah. it's like i and then i kind of got what i needed and then it became something that i didn't enjoy anymore yeah. because i was moving forward in a different way mm-hmm. like i and and the anger is super productive i don't like i don't think that anybody should avoid being angry i yeah. was so mad Same. for so long like i said like f- probably 14 months where I was just like, what happened? Like, how is this, how is this allowed? How did I let this happen? <laughs> yeah. How was anybody doing this? How is it like, it just, I mean, I was, I was really, I was really angry and I tried to not force myself out of it. Like I didn't wake up and be like, okay, I can't be mad today. Like I was like, no, I'm going to be mad today. Great. And however I feel in the mor- tomorrow morning, like I'll do that one. But today I feel really mad. So I'm going to like shit talk it till the end of time. Totally. And like, that's, that's what I'm going to do yeah, where I am now kind of like, I i mean, I'm almost 30. I feel like I'm like looking back on my my life and like seeing these chapters of who I am, you know, like people that I dated and like, you know, where I was with the church and where I was with my job and all of these things. And yeah, like I, I am at the point now where I do feel like this weird fondness for my Mormonism, you know, and whenever I say that, I never want it to sound like I'm like, I'm cool with what the church does now. And I'm cool. like, that's not what I mean. Like yes. that, that will always, you know, the, the things that go on, you know, internally in the church, they're still, a, I have a lot of problems with them. They still upset me. I still feel very much the same, but more so just the way I was raised, totally. you know, and the peace that I felt growing up. And, you know, I was mad. I think I was mad that I felt good growing up because then I got older and I didn't believe it anymore. And I was like, so all that was just wasted. Like mm. all those good feelings that I had were just like wasted. And it's like, no, they like, they carried me through my life. They carried me through my teen years. And like, that was very real for me. That was a real experience. I did feel peace when I prayed. Like I did. And, and I'm so glad because had I not had that when I was that age, I wouldn't have be been able to handle it the way I did. So it's, it's like this weird, yeah, fondness is a good word for it. Just kind of like, just like honoring it, I guess, yeah. you know, where where I came from and my ancestors and things like that. And I don't know, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird feeling, to it's be honest. It's a very weird feeling. Yeah.
0: I know. And I kind of go in and out of it. I'm so glad you said that. I think you articulated it so, so well. And it's interesting because doing anything related to religion. I mean, anything related to anything these days, but you're scared. I'm scared of Mormons and I'm also scared of post-Mormons. Totally.
1: Well, <laughs> well. sometimes like there are extremes on both sides. Yes, I, like exactly. and, and if people want me to say like, you know, Republicans and Democrats, fine. Both extremes are not good. Yes. Like bo- both extremes. If you find yourself in an extremist position, it's very rarely that you're correct, <laughs> exactly. like the, in in literally anything. That's that's Mormonism, ex Mormonism, anything's like anything like that. And yeah, I mean, I I just I understand the ex Mormon rage so well, and I also understand the Mormon rage when people when you see ex Mormon content and you're like, well, look it up and do this and do you know and you want to like defend it with your whole heart. Yeah, it's just kind of going back to what we were saying about just being cool with being wrong. That goes for every end of the spectrum. Like I look back on things I did or felt or said when I was first ex-Mormon or in my real and I was like, I was wrong. I was wrong there. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have believed that. I shouldn't have convinced myself that that was true. You know, I remember like when I first left, I was like, I never want my kids to be friends with a Mormon kid. I never want my kids to even know what church is. I don't want them to ever want to be baptized. I don't want that. Like, I will never, ever let my kids even be around Mormonism. And that was wrong. That was a wrong way of me to feel. That was like, it was closed-minded and it was out of fear. You know, Mm. it's all like, and so now I feel okay being like, yeah, that was that was wrong. I was wrong on that. end, And then I look back on when I was Mormon and I can say that was wrong too. <laughs> yeah. That was wrong. You know, I should not have judged that person or felt that way. Cause I'm sure that there were times when I was growing up where I said, I don't want my kids to ever be friends with an ex Mormon. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just, it's interesting how we, but we're, we're, yeah, we're not very good at, we're not very good at being wrong. It's
0: hard to be wrong. Yeah, It's, it's really, really hard. hard to be wrong. And I was thinking, as you said, all of this, I can relate so deeply and it gives me a lot of empathy for the mean comments. I just got my first really mean review. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm so sorry. It's okay.
0: I prepped myself as I was like, okay, once I get a mean review, it's kind of like you're entering a new. I was yeah. like, it'll mean that more people are seeing it. I kind of was like setting myself up to be like, okay, I yeah. got to get a mean review sometime. But it's interesting because it gives me a lot of empathy the way that you just described that to understand that everyone's somewhere along that journey, yeah. right? And I I absolutely commented probably I, I don't really like comment crazy things so didn't comment yeah. but I said crazy things totally both in the church and out of the church and I might enter a phase where I'm in a bad place and I do that too it just gives me a lot of empathy for understanding people are going through these phases at different times mm-hmm. and as we said before a lot of times that's getting projected and it's a nice way to think about it of they might move past this yeah they might change their mind yeah they might grow in a different way and it it helps to kind of stomach some of the craziness yeah that well <laughs> it's
1: it's all I mean uh, I mean again it, it is all projection yeah I mean, whenever people are commenting things like that to a stranger on the internet. It is projection. It's their own shit that they're dealing with. But as far as like internally for me, it's like, it's like strong opinions loosely held. Mm. You know, it's like, I say it in the podcast all the time. I'm like, what I said two years ago, probably don't believe it anymore. Probably changed my mind. Yep. I probably got don't more information. To it. <laughs> yeah, don't hold <laughs> me to it. And it was, so I did, I did ketamine treatments over the summer and I was like, that, that would came up really like big for me. Like everybody is operating with the information that they have. Mm. Right. Including myself. And like, I never want to be the type of person that when, because I I learned this from the process of leaving Mormonism, that sometimes when we're confronted with information that we don't like, we just dig our heels in and we don't. And I was like, that is, I refuse. Like there's too much life. There's too much information. There's too much like goodness in people that I will miss out on if I do not accept that like when I get new information, it might change my mind about something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that. And that has like led to the best parts of life is where I've been like. Can I let this opinion go? Probably. It's probably time. It's probably time to let this one go and let something new in. And it's like I I just I don't I don't hold myself to like and I <laughs> I mean I hope this is coming across okay cuz I'm not saying like hey I have no opinions. I can't. But you know what? It's it's like being just being open to when I hear something new or when yes. something changes my mind. I try my very best to not be scared of being wrong.
0: Yes, and be open to growth. I think that's one of the craziest things to me about leaving Mormonism, leaving the faith of your upbringing is of course as you grow, you change and you progress and you learn new things and you talk to new people and it's so odd to me, for example, in a marriage when you make a promise that you're both essentially going to stay in the church, it seems like, in a big way to me, a promise of stagnation,
1: stagnation. And I, I think with the church, it's a lot of infantilization. Mm-hmm. You know, it's keeping you mm. kind of at this point, you know, get married young and kind of stay, yes. kind of stay where you are. Kind yes. of don't rock the boat too much. Exactly. You know, they, I think a lot of times people, yeah, kind of get locked in early and then they, they kind of stay. And then you, in, through your develop, I mean, your frontal cortex has not even developed till no. you're what, like 26. Yes. So it's like you get in and then I mean, I, I would hope I would, I would pray that I'm not the same person I was when I was 22. Exactly. You know? And it's like, I would hope that for every single person I I would hope for, for growth and change and new opinions and new life experiences. Cause like, what would be the point of the last 65 years of our life if we stay the same as we were when we were 20? You know what I mean? And like my, my mom is like, is a great for me example for that because she. I mean, my parents are still very active. They're still, you know, believing, but they are very aware of mistakes that they made or changes. You know, like my parents are are very progressive and liberal, and I, I've seen them confront those changes really gracefully and not be scared of it. And my mom has, has been able to say like, yeah, I used to think this and I don't think that anymore. And that was really big for me that I was like, oh, okay. Like I, I didn't know I could do that. Exactly. I didn't know I could change my mind. Yeah. I didn't know I could feel differently at 23 yeah. as I do at 30. Yeah. And now I look at that and I'm like, thank God I feel differently at 23 than I did at 30. Yes, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. So I don't know. I just, I, I wish we could kind of D, de, D shame the, the concept Same. of being wrong or even just, you know, Yeah. Getting new opinions, getting new information. It's just, it's the, it's the most honorable thing. It really is. Like I, I had a girl, this was a few weeks ago. She wrote me, she sent me a mean message on, on Instagram I messaged her back. I was probably snarky. I was snarky with her. <laughs> Fair. Um, but then I talked on an episode and it wasn't even about her specifically, but I was just talking in general about, you know, people talking about me on the internet and people, mm. you know, digging into my personal life, things like that. And then she left me a review on the podcast. She left me a five star review and she said, I, I didn't understand how this affects people until Maddie said something about it on her podcast oh, wow. and, and she's like, and I knew that I had sent her a mean message and she was talking about how it affected her. And she's like, and I had never put like a human being behind this, this account or this podcast. And like, it just really helped me. And so, and I posted that, I didn't know it was from her, but I posted the review on my Instagram and I was like, this is like the most, this is the most admirable thing I have ever seen anyone do. Like this is it's like, hard to do, it's hard. And yeah. so she messaged me back and she was like, oh, this was me. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever had so much respect for somebody like to to be able to say I did this. I didn't understand. I learned more information, and now I want to do better. Yeah, like it's huge. making me cheer. Like yeah, it will make me choke huge. up because I was just like, I you're my hero. Yeah, like you're the. Chills. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, the person who deal. just three days ago sent me the meanest message, yes. and now you're saying, hey, I w- I was like, that is that yes. is ultimate humanity.
0: And I want to say too, for you on your side of it, to be able to say. Wow, thank you. Yeah. And I'm, well, I'm happy you changed your mind because I think sometimes the flip side of that can be I mean, I feel like you were so open to letting her change and yeah. letting her apologize and well, letting her grow. Good. I was probably no, not. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I do. I think it's a big deal because that's all any of us are asking for, right? And no matter where we land with faith or religion is just the opportunity to make mistakes, to grow, to learn and a lot of times people might be hurt along the way we yeah. might be hurt we might hurt other people but to not only be able to be willing to admit that ourselves but let other people do yeah. that is hard well, as well, well that's
1: I mean it's funny because it's like the things that Mormonism taught me like I I feel how am I what am I trying to say I feel like I learned these concepts as a kid you know you learn love one another. We're all God's children. Um, help those that are in need, help, you know, all of these really amazing, like life things. And then as we get older, we fall into the cultural side of it. We fall into the, I mean, I've, I've said before I've, I was the most judgmental bitch in the world yeah, when I was here. in high school and, like, and in college, judgmental bitches. Yeah, right I here. like. <laughs> I did not let one of my best friends, she, we found out she was drinking. I didn't let her live with us mm. like stuff like that, that I'm like, I mean, I saw her like last year and I was like, I am so sorry that I did that to to people like (laughs) I I just I'm so ashamed of those things but all of these like core things that I feel like now I can live more freely and that's kind of where the fondness of of the Mormonism comes is because that was my first language right that was like my first spiritual language Mm -hmm. was Mormonism and it got it got all muddied you know it got all muddied in social stuff in in making sure that I kept up with what it looked like and not having any, you know, like it just got, it all got lost. Mm -hmm. So then when I shed the Mormonism of it all and I got back to like, what was actually important to me, it is family. It is loving one another. It is respecting everybody. It is taking care of those that are in need, showing up for the people who love you. And the, my earliest memories of learning those concepts was in primary and at home. And So I, I've decided to take that and like, hold on to that and be like, I I'm grateful for a community when I was younger and impressionable that was telling me to love one another. Yeah. I'm sad about the other stuff it taught me. I'm, I'm sad about the, the things that I learned that were harmful or that were not true or that, you know, caused me a lot of shame, but like I can work through those and I can handle those. And like, that's kind of what I've had to tell myself, like, as I've deconstructed Mormonism, like. It doesn't get to win. Like mm. Mormonism doesn't get to win. Like I get to decide what my life feels like. Like they had me for this long. I I I dedicated a lot of years to it. I did what needed to be done. But like now I'm ready to be free from that. And so it's like a little bit, I think it's like a little bit spiteful. Mm. Like my happiness. Yeah, and like my watch like,
0: me go. Yeah. Like be happy. watch me,
1: watch me be happy. And, and kind and good. Yeah. And, all and the look things. back on something that hurt me with fondness. Mm. Like watch <laughs> me do it better. Like watch it's me the ultimate
0: revenge. Yeah. It's like, watch <laughs>
1: me really love one another. You know, watch me, watch me do it even better than you taught me how to do it. You know, like I, but I don't, that does feel like what it, like uh-huh. I'm like, when I feel like I have, I have a ton of shame with modesty, a ton of shame, like specifically around my boobs. Mm. I don't know what it is. If something touches my nipples, I feel dread. Mm. I don't know what it is. I'm working through it, Mm. but it's like
0: lots to say on this. Yeah. Like
1: I'll wear something low or something tight and I'll be like, Oh, I can feel, and I'll be like, no, like Mormonism doesn't get to win today. It doesn't. I'm going to wear this and I'm going to be a really good person when I do it. And I'm going to look back and like, you know, grin and bear it. And like, I don't know. And it's been this like, like weirdly satisfying game to just, to not let it overtake my life. And again, I want to say like people process differently. People might need more years of anger. People might do it quicker. People might, there, there's no set schedule for it, but this is just where I'm at.
0: I love it. I love it. I think that's such a good note to end on. I, I think, yeah, your caveat is important, right? It's going to look different for everyone, but I'm so grateful you're willing to share what it looks like for you. yeah, And I feel that there's just, it's really important that we're able to share what it feels like for us. And all those disclaimers are so valid, but that's your experience. Yeah. And I know there's so many people who are going to relate. I relate. And I just think it's a beautiful thing to be able to say that. And yeah. that's, that's how you feel. Well, and I I'm just, so happy. I, I
1: always just want people to feel like they can't, I've, I always want people to feel like there's happiness in whatever phase they're in. Yes. So it's like, even, even in my anger with the church, like even in, it was still fun. Like I was still happy. I was still finding fulfillment in my life. And like, I don't, it's, it's like, I just, I refuse to, I refuse to resent parts of my life. Mm. Like a hard things that I went through, especially this last year, divorce. Like I refuse to resent it because what, what good is it going to do me? Mm. You know, what good is it? What is regret going to accomplish? Like, I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with what my experience has created. So like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know?
0: And let's move on forward. And, yeah.
1: And, and, and honor it and be the mad stuff. at stuff. Yeah. Take the good stuff. Be mad at the bad stuff, you know, commit to doing better than what you were taught. Commit to, Keeping, keeping, <laughs> keeping the commandments. <laughs> is a joke, um, but you know, just like keeping your sense of self, baptismal covenant. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> keeping the the, the co- That's the other thing is that like I mean, me and Lucy were talking about. It. I'm like sometimes I don't even remember stuff.
0: Yeah, like I,
1: I said three hours of church the other day, and somebody was like two, and I was I like, know. what?
0: And that changed a long time ago. Yeah. I know it's weird. Like a lot
1: of things that eventually it doesn't, it it becomes just kind of a part of the puzzle of you. Yes. You know? Yes. I love that. It's beautiful. And I'm so happy that you have made this space because I mean the, the demographic of, post-Mormon progressive Mormon confused Mormon women like our age mm. is so vast and people need each other and like that's why like people like Chels and her twin Rachel like mm-hmm. they they've created these spaces like for women that have saved lives for sure yeah and like the more the more there is out there the more like openness and warmth and like comfort and you know, safety in your anger and all of those things, like the easier this is gonna be on all of us. I hope so. So it's yeah. like just time to take care of each other. Yes. Like we did at girls' care
0: Amen. <laughs> what a what a great note to end on. That's I love that. Good. I'm seriously so glad you were willing to come Oh my on. gosh, that was so fun. I feel anytime inspired. I feel like you summed up so beautifully so many of the things. I've experienced myself
1: and you're great. This is amazing. I'm proud of you. I think that this is thanks. This is an amazing space. So please don't stop. You're the blueprint. Don't don't stop for for podcasting. So that means a
0: lot coming from you. But that's what
1: somebody told me. That's what Kate Kennedy told me. She was like, just don't stop. And I'm like, I'm going to tell every (laughs) podcaster that I love. Do not stop. I know it's grueling and I know it feels like the worst thing ever sometimes. But just don't Hang stop because it's important.
0: I appreciate that. You're Thank welcome. you again for coming of on. Course. Now I'm going to poach all of your friends. We already, Lucy <laughs> got do. shouted out many a time. So Lucy, 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 if you're listening, come on over. Lucy, Ash, we Chloe. We want you here. Ash, Chloe, come on over. I'm going to force them out. They're, Maybe we'll do just a panel, <gasps> a girls
1: camp panel.
0: Should we just do girls be camp? that Let's just go to Mia Shalom. Did you go to Mia Shalom <laughs> no. growing up?
1: Dang it. No, I went to uh, Mutual Dell oh. and then I went. To, I did Heber one year.
0: Heber was like where the fancy words went.
1: Yeah, that was that was where I went. I out. missed
0: the Heber year, but yeah. it was like really nice And then I cabins. did Trek one year
1: and I did EFY every oh, year. Trek. And I did Heritage Tours. Oh my goodness.
0: Heritage Tours would be a good episode. A lot tours, went down it's like, on I Heritage will, Tours. I,
1: I went on a date with this guy and he was like telling me about his senior trip and I was like, I was in Nauvoo. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Susquehanna. You're
0: like, I was in the Sacred Grove. So,
1: Like, literally. He's like, Yeah, like I tried cocaine for the first time. I was like, Oh, yeah. I was reading my patriarchal blessing in the Sacred Grove. We had very different experiences. Very
0: different experiences. Anyway. Amazing. Thank you're the the best. you again. Of
1: course. Bye. Bye.
0: G I R L S C A M P.
1: Girl Scan.